Mm-hmm. And Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Curie. Marie Curie. You're welcome. That's yes, thank Marie you. Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Which the Murrays did have a lot of curry on the weekend. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 41. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about gossiping. Being a gossip has never been a good thing to aspire to. The topic of gossiping is almost always met with critique and disdain. And yet, how many of us struggle to keep ourselves in check when it comes to discussing other people? Gossip is a struggle as old as time, but especially in a world saturated with easy and instant methods of communication, it could not be more critical for us to take a stand and change the subject. But first, if you are enjoying our podcast as much as Michelle and I enjoy bringing it to you, please consider taking a few minutes to rate and review the Modern Lady Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Another way that you can help spread the word is by sharing this episode with your friends and family. We also love receiving your feedback and get so excited when we receive comments from our listeners. This week's shout out goes to Jamie G, who left us a comment on Apple Podcasts and says, quote, I really love this podcast. I'm a new homemaker and I love how this podcast keeps me company during the day while providing me with constructive tips and a framework to handle my day. Thank you. End quote. Thank you so much, Jamie, for your comments and for leaving us this review. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Today I want to share some tips from the website The High Heeled Homemaker for how to welcome guests into our homes. In her blog post, the author shares some good reminders that even the best homemakers might forget sometimes. She suggests and reminds us that we should always greet our guests at the door. When we're comfortable with our guests or busy in the kitchen, we might be tempted to yell, come on in. I do this all the time (laughs) from another room, but we really should take a minute to go to the door and greet them and welcome them face to face right when they enter. She also asks us to give them some direction. Where will their shoes, coat and purse go? And direct them into the room that you'd like them to be in. Um, You know, things people can get a little bit flustered as you're greeting each other. And so just kind of take polite control of that situation right when they come in. If your guest is staying for 10 minutes or longer, it is appropriate then to offer a drink. So whether it's coffee, tea, a cocktail, or even just a glass of water, be ready um, to get them some refreshments. It just shows that you're thankful that they're in your home. And lastly, do not apologize for the state of your house. I do this all the time. Um, While that might make you or me feel a little more comfortable, it actually can make the visitor uncomfortable because chances are they aren't even seeing what you're seeing. And the focus should actually be on how pleased you are that they stopped by. That is great advice. That first one reminded me of something I heard before, and I can't remember where it was. 
whoever it was, they were talking about when guests are coming to make sure like whatever still needs to be done, leave it for like the last half an hour or 20 minutes to go and get yourself ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can finish up in the kitchen if they're joining you with a drink uh, as you do the last finishing touches on dinner. That is uh, less awkward than having you yourself not prepared to greet them at the door. So yeah, I love that. I'm I'm not called last minute Linny for nothing. I am what? truly. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. But that's why I'm so I thankful for that. my children, right? Because then we just send yes. our kids to open the door while I yell, which I won't do anymore after reading this tip. While I yell right. from upstairs, I'll be down in a minute. And they have no idea what's happening upstairs. <laughs> children are a great tool in this regard. That was always our job as children. When we yes. had, had guests, my mom would always say like, if I'm in the kitchen, your job that's is right. to entertain. Yeah, that's right. so that's good. there's a korean saying that goes like this quote words have no wings but they can fly a thousand miles end quote this can be seen in examples of empowering speeches throughout history and when considering the reach of the media but i don't think it could be truer of anything more than it is of gossip. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? This is a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a very, very long time. This is something I have struggled with my whole life. I love gossip. I love being in the middle of things. I love having knowledge that other people don't have. And it's something that I have worked very, very hard at to start to overcome. And you know what? I don't feel as bad because when I was researching it, um, you know, I learned a lot about mostly from the history of the church, but that even the most saintly people, like this is what they call Satan's snare because it just can affect even the most holy people. So if it's, if it's affecting them, I mean, where do we stand, Michelle? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm a, (laughs) I feel a lost cause in that regard then. (laughs) But you're not because we've got tips today. Oh, perfect. Oh, good. Because you know what you what you're saying is true, because you said you struggle with it. I certainly struggle with it. It can often sometimes happen, even if you are not a gossipy type of Mm -hmm. person, personality, it just kind of happens sometimes. And you're talking, you're in a group setting, and it, it can just occur to you, like right in the middle that, oh, we've been talking about another person. Right. Like, yeah, not everyone sets out to discuss other people. And maybe that's why it's so dangerous. Yeah, it's very sneaky. And and mm-hmm. I what I love is, you know, in the group of girlfriends I have, you know, with you and some of our other girlfriends, we're all trying to work on this. So it's funny because mm-hmm. now a lot of us will often say, I'm not trying to gossip. Because <laughs> once you become <laughs> aware of how sneaky <laughs> gossip is, um, then it, it becomes very evident then when it starts to happen around you because it is incredibly insidious mm-hmm. and it and there are so many ways where we are genuinely thinking we're trying to help, but that we're really not helping. And, and so we kind of want to break that down. And I think one of the first things we should do is just identify what is gossip. And so the general right. description is that it's just talk of a personal or trivial nature. And I heard a priest once describe it as the dust in our eyes. You know, this dust makes the gossiper and the one having to listen to things not see things clearly. Mm, that is very good because often um, when you're gossiping, well, obviously the person's not there mm-hmm. to to give the straight facts of the situation or what happened, right? So exactly. it is totally a distortion of a person or a situation. 
That's good. Now, there's this is different then, and we should break down a few more terms. Um, there's also detraction, which is the unjust damaging of another's good name by the revelation of some fault or crime. And that person can actually be guilty of it, um, or, or at least be seriously believed to be guilty by the person who is talking about them. So that's detraction. And then there's calumny, which is flat out lying, right? And people do that oh. all the time. There's also one last thing. It's derision. And it's that can also be... Uh, this one sucked too. It's making fun of a person or their mannerisms. So it can actually be lighthearted, right? And it can come off right. as fun and lighthearted and we've all done mm. it. Um, but it can start to stray into becoming humiliating and hurtful. So these all fall under the um, the umbrella of gossip. Um, but there's these are different things and some are more serious than the other. St. Thomas Aquinas goes even further as he always does. <laughs> He's so detailed. Um, yes. He breaks it down into three more types. And so he talks about reviling backbiting, mm -hmm. and tail-bearing. So reviling is uttering or publishing words that are public. So you're saying it publicly or writing these words publicly oh. that dishonor mm -hmm. another. Uh, detractio, which is the bike biting, uh, backbiting, is secret words. All right, so it's talking about somebody oh, behind yeah. their back. And then the last one of tail-bearing. Um, this one is actually very deliberate and it's intended to end friendships or end relationships when you know you're going to like end a marriage or something by spreading this information. Wow. And you, you can see these things in personal situations too. But as you were talking about that, I can even see how you have those things happen in the bigger world too, oh, like yes. calumny and... Um, the reviling one, mm -hmm. uh, that is so much of what we see in mainstream media yes. nowadays, right? Yes. Like, oh my gosh. That's exactly what it too. is. Yes. Oh, were you? Okay. Yes. Go on. Well, I was going to talk a little <laughs> bit more about, um, we, I think that gossip has become so accepted. In fact, Dave Ramsey, the um, financial wizard guy, <gasps> right? Who I love. Right. Yes. And a yes. lot of people are big fans of his. Um, I'm just new to him, but I found him talking about gossip and he lost his mind on it. He's like, oh, I hate gossip. Really? He said it is so destructive yet so socially acceptable. And I think it's so socially acceptable because of this rise of reality shows and tabloid media and um, celebrity magazines, I think that this gives us this kind of like voyeuristic look right into people's mm. personal lives. And then, well, what drives the sales of those magazines or those TV shows? Well, it's everybody getting together the next day at work or whatever and talking about what happened on The Bachelor or any mm. of those shows into people's and, and then passing judgment about people's personal lives. Like it's become entertainment. And so when we're used to that kind of drama that we see as entertainment, we kind of start to seek that out perhaps in our personal relationships. Right. Because what those shows do is they objectify people, mm -hmm. right? Yes. The people are no longer humans who are inherently worthy of dignity and respect. They have become uh, our source of entertainment. And that's all they become to us because we don't know them personally. But much like any kind of addiction or obsession or anything like that, we just want more, mm -hmm. you know, and your shows aren't producing like, it's hard to say this about the entertainment industry nowadays, but they can't keep up with our consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, if you can separate a person from their dignity to objectify them in the media, why not? separate that in your personal life too. Absolutely. That is slippery slope. And you know what? Everyone has the right 
the God-given right to having a good name, a good reputation. Even if we have faults, even if our faults and our sins are hidden, we still have this right to work towards having a good name. And so when your good name is pulled through the mud by somebody. And so whether it's a celebrity or your next door neighbor, you still don't know all of the details of their life. And so we are not in a position to speak about it because we don't know their intention. Um, Pope Francis, I don't know if you've heard this. We're going to drop a lot of bombs that are going to make all of us go, ouch, (laughs) like all of us, right? Michelle and I and all of you. I'm already just cringing yes. this whole episode I'm like oh this is just a very public examination of conscience it's, it's exactly what <laughs> welcome to our leave podcast it to us. that's right <laughs> leave it to us to find a an internet way of doing this yeah. well well Pope Francis um he calls it the terrorism of gossip saying I quote gossip is a terrorist that throws a bomb and destroys gossip destroys Oh my goodness. The language is so important that he uses there, right? It's so harsh. It's violent. It is violent. And possibly why we don't think it's such a big deal just in the day-to-day lives is because gossip, like, eh, what is it? It's not really hurting anybody. But when you attach it to something like that, like terrorism, destruction, all those things, you're like, oh, maybe it is well, definitely is more grave (laughs) than what we think. Well, gossip harms three people. So it harms the gossiper. And I mean, minimum three people. We're going to give it like there's a ripple effect here. But the, the triangle of pain or of hurt is the one who's gossiping, the person that he is talking to or she and the person that they are talking about. Right. And then, of course, that there are mm. ripple effects that go so, so far beyond that. Um, but that this can also go generationally. Right. How many families mm-hmm. have been in like generational squabbles with each other over misrepresented gossip of another family member? Um, it can change lives and i'm not just being dramatic here and and y'all can say i am but i'm not like it can mm-hmm. kill like gossip has caused murder right one person coming home and saying guess oh, that what this yes. happened or guess where i saw your wife or whatever like it's caused murder it causes suicide if you're being gossiped about and it's untruths mm-hmm. are being told about you it causes divorce it can cause your children being taken away from you if the wrong things are said about you to the right authorities it causes job loss generations of pain like it is no Mm -hmm. simple thing where we're just sharing a little juicy tidbit about somebody and walking away from it it damages everyone it warps our very character and we know this to be true even if we don't want to face it because we all feel a deep sense of shame um, about when we've done Mm -hmm. that when we walk away it never actually feels good after you've said the words almost immediately there's shame and we can call back I think most of us to moments where we've gossiped about other people I mean even 20 years ago and still Mm -hmm. feel that we shouldn't have said that yeah I definitely have those instances and and you know it like you said it's as soon as it comes out of your mouth and you can't take it back like once it's said um, you could spend like the rest of your life even if the person you were speaking about never finds out what you said or whatever. And it really does stay confidential. You feel like you can never make up for what you said if it was unfair or unfounded. Absolutely. You know what? We were given three goods. It's called theologically. We were given our soul, our body, and then our external goods. And the greatest of our external goods is our good name. It's it's the greatest rich we have, greatest of the riches that we have. And when we rob someone of their good name, 
whatever our intention, whether it's true or not, when we are the one to take that from them and people can say, but they did that to themselves. They will have to deal with that on their own. You know, we are not in a position Mm -hmm. to take that from them. It ends up saying a lot more about ourselves. It reveals an ugliness, not actually of that person, no matter how horrible the thing is that they did. It also reveals an ugliness about us and it really shows our own wounds and says a lot about who we are. And, And we're not saying that we can't lean on each other for support, but we have to be very, very careful about saying mm-hmm. things where the person cannot defend themselves. And and back to Aquinas, but he always talks about there's like three um, conditions we have to have. And this is about passing judgment on somebody, but that goes hand in hand with gossip. That's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them right. is that you have to have authority over the person. And you know what? There's very few people in this entire world that are actual humans. We're not talking about Jesus here, like fully human not also and fully divine, <laughs> um, but that have authority over us. Very right? few. Very few. It's <laughs> a small group. Um, but like, that actually can pass judgment on us because they're in that position. And that just and that judgment has to be passed in almost perfect justice, which again, we're not capable of doing. And you need to know the purest intention of their heart, <laughs> which we also can't know. Okay. So unless you can tick off all those boxes, you really shouldn't share somebody else's story. And oh, you want, oh, here's another one. This is what Fulton Sheen says about it. He said it's like mm-hmm. assassinating someone else's opinion and then standing our opinion on top of the carcass of their reputation. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> so I think we got to look now. Okay, what do we do? Right? It's obviously serious. So <laughs> I was going to say, like, bring us out yeah. of this, Meyer, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> what do we do? I think the first yeah. thing I need to address before we kind of get into how I've worked on it, perhaps how you're working on it, that sort of thing, is I do need to call out mom groups on social media. And I'm talking specifically mm. to Catholic moms groups or women's groups, um, you know, Christian women's groups. The details that everyone is sharing on their posts about people that aren't there, even if you're asking for prayer requests, you're sharing too much. You're sharing way too Mm -hmm. much information about other people in your lives, whether it's your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, your husband, even your children. It's too much. And I think that when you get really dialed into trying to work on, like working on your gossip, that stands out Mm -hmm. even more. And then it's like, we shouldn't be reading it. Like I can't, I scroll quickly past those, but it shouldn't even be there. And so I think step one is to really, it's, I'm not saying again, not to lean on somebody, but find the proper Mm -hmm. person. Dave Ramsey calls it the uh, food chain. Take your complaint up the proper food chain, right? And so so he's talking about it in a work sense in his office. And he said, no one is allowed to gossip in his office, period. It's made clear every single time. And you are fired immediately if you gossip in his office. But when he talks about the food chain, obviously he means bring it to the person with the proper authority over you. Um, You know, for us, it's bringing it to God. It's bringing it to your priest, Mm -hmm. to your spiritual director, um, or to a female mentor, perhaps. Um, So we're not saying that you don't seek advice, but again, being very, very careful about publishing huge long stories about somebody that cannot defend themselves in one of those groups. And I see this multiple times a day. Right. And I think the struggle with social media is is so difficult because we do all carry burdens like that, right? Whether you actually post about it or you don't, we all have similar relatable 
experiences in our own families, in our own circles. Uh, But what social media has done is it's removed uh, face-to-face regular contact with those chains of command, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Those appropriate channels to go through. And uh, and so that isolation can sometimes be so overwhelming that I can totally see the temptation to, and especially when you're in a group of like-minded mm-hmm. people, yep. To seek out to seek out some support, to seek some affirmation or encouragement that you're doing the right thing or you're on the right track. But maybe the solution is you know, worldwide, we need to take a step back and check like, are, am I really asking for a prayer intention right. here? Or am I really looking for counsel? Right. And advice right. and um, to make that distinction. And if it is counsel and advice you need, then to know that perhaps social media, that's not even going to give you what you really need to remedy the situation. And then you're then the people who read what you wrote are walking away from it. And sometimes there's a lot of crossover in these groups where then you're like friends with them outside of the group, whether on social media or in real life. They're always going to look up at the person you wrote about in a different light because you shared all of that information about them. And it's a lot to... Um, place the burden on everybody else. That's what we're talking about, that like triangle of hurt with with gossip. So Mm -hmm. when these conversations are happening and whether you're reading it online and you're not diverting your eyes and scrolling past the post, if you continue reading it, or if you're in person and it's happening, I think the first thing to do is to really ask yourself, why don't I want to stop this conversation? Or why am I not turning my eyes away Uh. from this post? Like really question your own motives for not shutting it down. You know, is it because I don't want to stop the person from speaking because I don't want to embarrass them or I really like this person and and I don't want to ruin this friendship because it can really embarrass somebody if you shut down Mm -hmm. a conversation like that. Or am I enjoying it? Because heck, yeah, I've enjoyed it sometimes, Um, you know, Mm. or am I just nervous about confronting anybody? So I think, yeah, step one is like really asking yourself, why am I not stopping this conversation in its tracks? You know what? Uh, When you told me this comment when we were planning mm-hmm. and then you sent me that quote yes. as well by St. Jose I didn't Maria. I we were going to go here. <laughs> okay, we have to now because I've made a connection. Okay. And so you need to follow my train of thought. So we'll we'll say the quote in okay. a second. Um actually no, can you just say the quote now maybe? Sure I can. So during my research I came across this quote from St. Jose Maria Scriva. I'm a big fan of St. Jose Maria, but this is uh this mm-hmm. is pretty bold. Mm-hmm. I sent it to you Michelle going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." <laughs> Right? Like, this is bold. <laughs> Way to shut it down, St. Jose Maria. It was. Okay, so it he was. says that this is a radical method to counter malicious gossip. He said, tell the person who is spreading the gossip that you will speak to the person concerned about it. Then go and do just that. And do not just say, someone told me, but name the person who said it so that the one about whom such statements were being made can, if necessary, go back and talk to that person himself. So this is how you should answer a backbiter, he right. says, from his book, The Furrow. It's very professional. It's very professional, right? But as soon as I read that quote, I was like, ah, that is my particular Mm. struggle is that I would not want to say that to the person speaking to me because I don't want to lose their friendship. Yeah. Right. I don't want them to feel embarrassed by me. I don't want them to think that I'm some sort of virtuous, like virtue signaler or like I'm trying to make them feel bad for making a mistake. I would hold my tongue and allow gossip to continue to spare the what I think would ruin a friendship. And I, I don't have an answer to how to come to terms with it. But now that I know 
that that connection exists. I'm really interested to just reflect on it more. Well, one of the great things about what you just said, actually, is that people are actually more drawn to people who defend the um, people who aren't there, right? The, the weakest of our society. People are really drawn mm. to people who advocate for other people. So you might lose a friend or two, but if other people overhear you politely but firmly advocating for somebody else, you become the trusted one, right? It actually makes you gain truer right. friends of course. when you do that. And yeah, this is going to take a lot of practice. I don't do this either. And there is... um. Proverbs says the north wind drives away rain just as a sad face drives away gossip. There's a lot of talk about gossip in the Bible, people, a lot. Um, so it oh. says often we find it, like you were just saying, easier to kind of bite our lip, right, than to stop somebody from gossiping. But mm -hmm. I think a good first step in this is right from Proverbs is then to let your face, your behavior, let that person know that you want to listen, don't want to listen. People pick up on all of our, on all of our conversational cues, right? People know if, mm -hmm. okay, aside from a few people I've met in my life, but most people stop, will stop talking <laughs> when they pick up on the fact that your face is saying, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can tell by your body language, the closed off. That's a really great way of um, getting the same message across without having to actually yeah, speak yeah. those words. <laughs> Baby steps. It's Baby really, steps. <laughs> really important that we operate from a place of advocacy and, and support of everybody. People long to be valued, right? And to feel special. And that's also what people are seeking when they actually gossip about somebody else. It comes from a place of envy, or it just comes from a place of wanting to feel like they have this special information or so know something that everybody else doesn't have. Um, so people who gossip are driven mm -hmm. by insecurity and often by fear. And gossip, therefore, isn't love driven. So if we just take it like that and think, okay, then what does it mean to be love driven? How do I, how do I do that? Um, it's really important to also remember that being a truthful person, a person that is love driven, when we um, aren't doing those things, it can actually harm like our spiritual witness as well. If you're not somebody that people can trust, then they can't trust what you have to say about God and other ways in your life. And, and mm -hmm. having that mm -hmm. integrity that you work towards right now, it's truly more valuable than gold. Uh, you know, who is the greatest mm -hmm. example of this? Mm -hmm. Well, one of many great examples is mm -hmm. um, St. Therese, yeah. the little flower. I always remember the story of how she, you know, there was that older yes. nun in her convent that was so critical of her and always picking on on the job she was doing around the convent and stuff. And instead of gossiping, which she so easily could have been tempted yeah. to do, I think, uh, she combated this disgruntledness with charity and service towards that particular right. nun. Right. And she went over and above, over and beyond, so that even the other sisters were like, wow, look how much she loves this older nun. And uh, thinking about performing radical acts of service or charity or prayer on behalf of that particular person that I was unsure about or uncertain about, um, it, it, it's been a proven comfort to be able to combat it have a way to fight yeah. against it well um i see your saint therese and i raise you a saint Teresa of avila because 
so we'll have our our saint battle. Oh, ooh, um, right. But no, she there was it was often said about her that she in her convent shut down gossip immediately. And I mean, these are groups of women, right? So as holy as these nuns are, I can imagine it was quite a a, a thing yes. among among these these nuns. So, but what I find really interesting is because sure. everybody knew she would shut it down as soon as it started. People actually found the women found great comfort in being in a group setting with her because they knew that gossip wasn't going to happen there. And so be like St. Teresa of Avila, mm. be the one that your group knows isn't going to stand for it in a, in a firm, but polite way. And then it actually relieves that burden of everybody who doesn't want to hear the gossip anyways. And it makes them upset. So if they know you're there, it's not going to happen under your watch. And so what I want to say to you is this idea of then making a personal pledge or a pledge within your household or your workplace Mm -hmm. or among your girlfriends and say, from this day forward, I will not gossip. I will not do it. I'm going to choose not to participate in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we going to fail many, many times? Yeah, but make it a decision. And I promise you, once you become aware of it, you are going to become painfully aware of all of the times you're led into it, mm-hmm. like once every 10 minutes in your day, right? Like it's very, very common. One other thing, and you and I have touched on this in other episodes, um, and you actually talked about examination of conscience today, but there's, um, it goes a little bit more detailed with something called a particular examination of conscience. And so what this means is that you pick a thing you're trying to work on. So in this case, gossip, mm-hmm. and three times a day, you actually take five minutes, you sit down and you pray about it and you say, okay, how many times have I done that um, this morning between when I woke up and noon? And you might've started to gossip four times, right? And so then you, as you break it down throughout the day, again, you become more keenly aware of when you're doing it and then making amends for what you've done or doing, offering up a little bit of penance. Right. And I also think a good thing to consider as well is becoming the person of interest. And what I mean by that is you become the person who discusses broader things than other people, Mm. right? So, I mean, you and I, just as an example, we love to learn about different things, right? Become the person that begins conversations. You don't have to wait for the topic of conversation to always turn um, in directions you don't want to follow. You can be that person. And isn't there, there are two different quotes, actually, um, and I don't remember who said the first one, but it's, you know, that, um, Big, great minds discuss ideas, um, good minds discuss things, and small minds discuss people. I've always, that's always stuck in my mind. And then there's one by Marie Curie, who says, uh, be less curious about people and more curious about ideas. And I think those are always the dinner parties, the uh, get togethers that you come away with kind of buzzing from the conversation, right? Where you're all sitting around talking about an idea or a movement or a philosophy or, you know, a topic like that. And, you know, you can be that person to lift up a conversation in a gathering and at the same time steer clear of gossip. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I am within 50 pages of finishing one of the most incredible novels I've ever read. And it's a long one. It's over Mm. a thousand pages. But I have been reading Gone with the Wind. And so as I've been working my way through the, you know, top 100 books you should read before you die, um, Mm -hmm. this one is always on every list. And in fact, in, in 2014, and this is like, 
repeat this happens repeatedly. This book has been voted the second most beloved book by Americans after the Bible. And and there have been 30 million copies that have been printed of Gone with the Wind. And it's funny because reading it and then doing this episode today, the character of Melanie is very, very well portrayed in the movie um, by Olivia de Havilland. And in the book, Melanie is the perfect example of the woman that we're trying to be in this episode who shuts down gossip. Melanie is amazing at that. All like all the time throughout the book, she is defending the horrible character of Scarlett (laughs) O'Hara. Scarlett is not like a heroine in this book, but Mel and even the worst things that Scarlett does, Melanie shuts down the gossip in that Southern, you know, female dominated book. Mm -hmm. And she's just a really, really great character. Um, You know, the the book has historical controversy with um, its, its supposed glamorization of slavery. I totally get all that. I think it's an interesting discussion to have perhaps in a book club or something. But yeah, it's beautifully written. And I really, really recommend um, somebody settling in maybe this winter on the long, cold days with the Southern, deep South, warm, interesting mm. adventure book, uh, adventure romance, historical adventure romance, which is Gone with the Wind. Well, I I haven't read it. I haven't even seen the movie. I'm ashamed <gasps> to admit. I own I it haven't. on DVD. So oh, do I'll trade you back the movie Perfect. you lent us and you can watch Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Excellent. Looking forward to that. What are you loving this week? So I am actually loving the Deliciously Ella podcast, Mm -hmm. which I only found out because you mentioned it last year when, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a very small side note, do you remember which episode it was? It was the spring. Was it our trend episode? Yes. She was doing comfort vegan food, right? That's right. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I'm not becoming a vegan anytime soon, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, they just launched season four. And why I like this podcast is because it's more about the overall health than it is just about veganism. And I really like the holistic approach to health that they have. So there are some episodes about nutrition, but there are are some episodes on mental health. And even more interestingly, there are some Uh, episodes on cultural implications on health. So for example, their first episode that launched this week for season four, I saw in the description, it's about imposter syndrome, which is very interesting. Yeah. And they've had one on uh, sobriety and going sober. Um, And my favorite episode is on, it's called Why We Sleep from season three. It was fascinating and they were interviewing Matthew Walker but my favorite story to go along with my favorite episode was when I posted (laughs) that screenshot on Instagram (laughs) and you messaged me and you're like why would they record a show on why we sleep with Matthew (laughs) the last part was cut off when I took the screenshot I People have to understand. Okay, so like you guys have to understand that when you're going to screenshot a podcast that's currently playing yes, in your iTunes, yes. like the title is moving across the screen, and so Michelle <laughs> caught it exactly where it said, and it, it, did it even show a bed or so? Anyway, they said, "Why do we sleep no. with Matthew?" And I was like, "Oh, they're okay. They're gonna ta- go in a whole new direction, I guess." And uh, so I and and then I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> That's right. And I honestly am not, I'm dumb, I get, because I honestly thought that that was the topic. Yeah. Oh, I laughed so hard. And then I had to live with it for 24 hours before that story expired. And I was like, who's Matthew? <laughs> you thought it was the baby's name, right? Well, I like, the baby is Sky. Oh, well, I did. Oh, I thought right. it was co-sleeping. I was so confused. <laughs> it is a great podcast, though. Yes. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time.